strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdown, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Today we will be having on Alex Beam. Alex Beam is the CBO and co-founder of Divi. I've never heard of a CBO before. I'm curious to hear what that's all about. I thought it was a typo at first. What's that? What does that stand for? I don't know. Do you guys have any idea? CBO? Yeah. Backing officer, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very curious. We'll we'll get him on the horn soon. He actually is in Orem, Utah, guys, which happens to be one of our low Dell expansion markets. It's chief brand officer. Brand, yeah, that makes sense. That's the or, arrow word, huh? Or chief business officer, depending on which CBO he. What uh, I'm curious to know there: Did he create this title, or was it anointed? I, I want to hear what what's entailed there. So it's, it sounds like a fancy chief marketing officer. So yeah. we also, uh, I know we all read 50th Law, the Robert Green 50 cent book. We didn't really dive into it last week because we went over our 15 year anniversary, kind of just reminisced, which was fun about our business. It was a rare episode without a guest. I uh, figure we'll touch on that book a bit. I honestly thought it was awful to be real with you. I'm, I apologize for even <laughs> recommending it to you guys. I, I thought it was just not Robert Greene's a phenomenal author. I've heard him on podcasts. Um, I, I think 48 Laws of Power is one of the best books ever written personally. And 50 Cent, you know, he, he's done a phenomenal job throughout his career. The only thing I took from that entire thing was fearlessness wins. Yeah, yeah pretty much. So, and I think that summed up the entire book. There's not much else to go into. It basically reminded me of the 50 Cent documentary movie. Yeah. Written. Like there was nothing in there. I kind of liked it, but I like 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah I, I like 50 Cent. Cent too. I was just cracking up because if you saw his movie, you really didn't need to read this. Yeah, same shit. I mean, I, I thought, thought uh, yeah, there's a couple cool parts. Like, uh, I mean, I like how he obviously – he was talking about like just how he samples music and would put it up there similar to how he would like sample drugs when he was selling drugs to his clientele and he'd get their feedback. And then if they liked it, he would, he would put it up or make more of that. If not, he would take it down. I like how he, he took some of his marketing efforts from literally selling drugs and put it into his real well, life. Like that whole like him acting crazy, like, Oh, you don't want to test my limits it was in the <laughs> office where he put, he staged the whole, yeah, well, that was my favorite part of the book where it was like, yeah. Oh, you guys don't know what I'm capable of behind closed doors. And it, the peacocking worked that notion of just all the, all these suits, not knowing what this possible gangster is going to do. And he played into that scare tactic. And I think 50 cent, he came so close to dying on his up and up as a rapper, as we saw, that he reached a point where he's like, oh, what do I have to lose? I thought I was going to be dead. So I think we could all take a lot from that with our business and just day-to-day -day life, where Gary Vaynerchuk goes over that a lot, where it's like, what are people afraid of? What were the odds of being here in the first place? 
like what is it you're uh, worrying about? It's true. Fifty cents a marketing machine, and also yeah, yeah. He's half as scary and slash badass as he plays it off like he was growing up. Then he is one crazy guy and deserves to kind of yeah. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show when you literally have that fearlessness attitude, you win. Like that's just the recipe. When we talk about entrepreneurship, built like what we're even in the the fight we're in against. DoorDash, Uber, Grubhub, all those guys, you have to be fearless at the end of the day. Like, and you have no reason not to be because I think a lot of times people are worried about the peanut gallery, about like, what, what are people going to think if I unleash this or do that? Who cares? They're not thinking anything except what they're up to. So that, that, that was a cool part I think we could all relate to. Um, that, that was really all I had to touch on with that book. Did you guys want to add anything with that? I mean, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the book. I, I felt like a lot of it was just like, just advice that I, some of it that Robert Green was saying, I didn't really completely agree with. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like the back and forth with 50 story, but like you said, it, it, it did remind me a ton of the movie. And I don't know, it was mostly things that I already knew. I felt like it wasn't yeah. really any any new advice or I'm with Point. you. I just figured Robert Greene, like I loved the yeah. other books. I was, he's written like human laws. Nature too was a great one. He's had three great books. So I figure, Oh, Robert Greene book. How could this be terrible? Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, yeah, but yeah. Um, and yeah, Corey, guys, looks, so, Corey looks so Florida right now. Like, so dark, dude. I said, you look so Florida, like the entire apartment, like that chair you're sitting on. <laughs> It looks like you're in Florida. You know getting ready for winter. He's flying south. Seriously, I want to stay here. I'm leaving later. In, in, Dude, I don't blame you. You should just stay there. I'm, I'll be joining you yeah. soon. I'm yeah. definitely planning on that. I think like some... people are doing that. Like people in New yeah. York usually working up there, making that. New York's a shithole. It's turned into a walking homeless shelter. It reminds me of the rescue mission across from uh, Ballpark Lofts. Literally, I should have just stuck there. I don't know what I was doing coming here. Yeah, well, who would have known? Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, before we get into current events and food for thought, I figure I'll just give Alex his intro since we have Conch coming on in a few. Uh, Alex Bean is the co-founder and CBO at Divi. Uh, Divi is a secure financial platform for businesses to manage payments and subscriptions, build strategic budgets, and eliminate expense reports. Nobody likes expense reports. That's for sure. If you, anyone remembers that movie Office Space, the, the TPS reports. TPS. But <laughs> by integrating real-time tracking for every business transaction, Divi provides organizations with instant insight into their spend. With Divi, you can make informed cash flow decisions, curb losses before they happen, and never have to save a receipt again. So that's pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see. If, you know, you would think a guy like that has been thriving during this time with, you know, the no touch receipt game, scanning people. I wonder if he's been able to scale his business. Yeah, I wonder what it's like with less business travel and less uh, business expenses in terms of employees. And yeah, I wonder if you've had a lot of people feel like they can start using his platform and get rid of what they were doing. Uh, it's I'm curious to hear if he's onboarded new clients or has lost business from this. 
Uh, but yeah, we have Alex coming on and hopefully he'll be a future Lodell customer. As for our viewers, part of what we've been doing strategically, and I've been very transparent when I, I'm hearing from these guests in like Provo, Utah, or I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Why didn't you choose me? Well, funny you should ask, we are launching where you are. So that, you know, everyone naturally, there's a reason everyone does everything. And we'd be lying if we said we didn't have some sort of an agenda with a podcast. We're community building. So naturally, we want to have guests on in places that we're operating. And of course, we want guests on across the board as we've had guests on in all walks of life so far. We're not in Solomon Toy from 16 Handles Markets yet. But either way, it's a, a good way to plant seeds and eventually germinate a huge forest there. So on we go. And Alex will be coming on in 20. But yeah, without further ado, Dan, what do we got current events wise? I mean, yeah, there's definitely, I don't even know where to start. There's definitely a lot of different things happening right now. First off, football's back, which uh, I feel like we never thought this day was going to come. And to be honest, though, I'm not, I, I haven't been able to get back into sports. I haven't been able to watch it on yeah, TV. I'm with you. I don't know if it's just because the routine I'm in and how it's changed, but like, I find myself not getting excited to watch sports at all. Part of my guys were going over that. How they, the, one of the guys made a great point. He's like, it just doesn't feel like NFL seasons coming back. Like it's not yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah I don't know. If it was like, part of it's because the fans aren't going to be there, or if it's because there's a dark cloud where you might feel like the games are going to all get canceled at any point. And it's just all very fragile. You know I, I mean? think it's the fan thing for me personally. I think it's the lack of like knowing those big tailgates are coming. And once I hear Chris Collinsworth's voice though, when it's cold out, when he's like blowing smoke in the air and going off about who knows what, that's <laughs> when I'll be back in that mood. I haven't heard Chris Collinsworth's voice in way too long. That's part of this. It's yeah. just gonna be it's gonna be weird with no fans there. With like when when he's there, not having like I don't know, and maybe it won't be weird, but it might be weird. Well, yeah, so yeah. you can attest. You've watched way more than Dan and I with the NBA playoffs, and I honestly, I have completely tuned out from that. What's that been like? I mean, honestly, I was going to say football is really the big test because I really haven't been able to get into it at all. I haven't really watched baseball. Oh, I you haven't? The basketball. I've been watching basketball, but not like religiously. I mean, but have I, you, you know, noticed a difference as a viewer from like television where you're like, wait, this is not the same? The games are still pretty good. They're still entertaining. I just don't really care about the teams involved. Uh, uh-huh. And I think that's where I'm at. Like if the Jets are playing, I'm going to watch the Jets. So uh, is a lot of it just your team's not in the playoffs. Like, do you feel like once the Jets are on next weekend, you're going to be all amped up? I don't think I'll be amped up. In general, I think I stopped watching TV, to be honest. So, like, I really haven't been watching shit. Like, oh, I've, you know, some Netflix shows here and there, but I really just have not turned on the TV, which is why I haven't been watching sports. So, so the question I have for you there is, do fans have a lot to do with, even as a fan of a team, do you need fellow fans at games to actually go all in? Like, is that part of the experience for you? It's interesting. It's, you know, like, I love going to games and being – and, and going to tailgates and doing all of that. But like, I don't really know, like that doesn't, it doesn't, it shouldn't affect the game, but it does. It definitely <laughs> does. It's just yeah. different right now. And it takes some adjusting. And also it's just like the routine was broken and people are naturally creatures of routine. And right now 
we went so long with having sports and then they brought it back kind of in this weird way without fans there. So I feel like people just aren't quite back into it. They will be eventually, but probably not until like next season. Like I feel like ratings on NFL this year are going to not be great. I just, I'm curious to see how long they play this game of not letting fans that we've already seen some of these NFL teams are going to allow part fan, like partial stadium fills. I'm very curious to see how long that chicken or egg dance continues yeah it'll also be interesting to see with like the weather getting colder maybe people will watch football or sports more there's just I know, less we, that's, that's a great point watch. right yeah that's are we heading point. into a world though because of this pandemic are we not going to see outdoor stadiums anymore is that going to be a thing where they just are like you know what there's too many risks here do you mean indoor stadiums no, I'm saying, are they going to just change the whole narrative on, like, in the future, no more outdoor football? Like, are we going to see everything be a dome where it's, war- it's you know, controlled atmospheres? Well, I almost feel like the indoor stadiums are more, like, are you talking about because of the risk of disease and things well, like cold, that? Like, cold, just being cold, like flu season, naturally cold weather spreads yeah. more. Like, I just wonder if that's something – we're never going to see again. Even when you look at the new Minnesota Vikings train of thought before this pandemic, the old days, that never would have even been a thing. But now, and I know they had the Metro Dome naturally, but either way, you never would have thought building a stadium a couple of decades ago that outdoor wouldn't even be part of the equation. Also, I mean, negative 10 degrees there. So yeah. But I, I wonder if that's going to be part of the mentality heading forward. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, moving on, another thing that adds to just seeing the world slowly get back to normal, which is good to see, is Disney released a movie that was in theaters, Mulan, and apparently that did really well, and a bunch of people went to the movies, and, you know, uh, I was pumped up seeing that, because it's just yeah. one of those things that's like a little sign of life, and a sign of things getting back to normal, which things are getting back to normal. I mean, the counts for the corona have been going way down, I think I'm lagging hard right some but yeah um so yeah that's great yeah i can hear you honestly being like uh where i'm at at fort lauderdale uh during labor day weekend it was as if covid was non-existent here i mean which is kind of scary i guess it's probably how it spread so much here but there there were people everywhere the whole i mean we obviously wore a mask the whole time and we're really safe but uh it was pretty nuts it was packed the beaches were packed uh the hotel was packed people weren't really giving a fuck about the elevators they were just piling in it literally was pretty crazy so i feel like this labor day weekend is going to kind of set the tone for what the winter is like yeah it'll probably lead to more outbreak again right we're getting back to that whole oh people were out labor day weekend last chance of summer and now heading into cold are we going to see an uptick yeah, it was like it's either that or hopefully, you know, we see a, a decline after this weekend and we have a, a good winter, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, hey man, we'll uh we will find out soon, that's for sure. I think Dan's having some connection issues here. It, yeah, so, it seems like can, yeah, okay, there you I'm, go. Uh, I'm gonna reboot my thing here and I'll be right back. Hold on. Cool. Right. Um Corey, what do we got? Food for thought. All right, so food for thought. This was been a couple weeks going here. Um but we haven't had time for food for thought in a couple of weeks, but we've been doing, I wanted to talk about the most commonly requested food delivery special instructions. Mm. Um, So I I just selected like a handful of states. I wasn't going to go through them all, 
But in Arizona, Arizona and Colorado, the most common request is no guacamole, which I thought is really weird, considering both both places have great Mexican food. Uh, just kind of weird. Maybe they New should Jersey. move states. Like, what are you doing living there, not eating guac? <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm, yeah. For me, I'm like extra guac. Add the guac, pay extra for it. Uh, in Jersey, this makes sense. It's uh, salt, pepper, and ketchup. So that's probably something to do with the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches or Taylor ham. Wait, you are you're saying people request that not on their yeah. sandwich in Jersey? No, this one is to add it. Oh, okay. oh, I was going to yeah. say, like, what is going on with people's taste buds here? I always yeah. request to add that, even not. Yeah. See, I don't. Yeah. Like salt. Yeah. I'm not. I don't. Uh, our mom growing up never put salt on anything. I think that was a good thing. I don't like. I never add salt to anything. Me neither. The only time I've ever done it was as a kid getting bacon, egg, and cheese. That would be like my go-to. But yeah, same here. Never add salt. Don't usually add it. But um, in New York, it's uh, this, the request is double toast bagels. So I guess make them extra crispy. I love that. Toast it. Right, that's Great. a season bad move. Yeah, that's a power move. I uh, always ask for things well done on deliveries because naturally it's going to be kind of iffy. So it's like, oh, make sure this is cooked to a crisp. Yeah, especially if you're ordering a bagel or even a, a sandwich and you want it toasted, get the double toast. That's a great mm -hmm. move. Uh, Texas, most common is add cheese. No shocker there. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Utah, another surpriser here. So Arizona, Colorado, and Utah, all places with great Mexican food. Uh, it's no guacamole. Special request. Most common. Very uh, nice. Indiana, interesting one. Extra lemon pepper. That's usually a wing thing, but uh, I didn't know that was big in Indiana. I could see yeah. that in Atlanta. I never never would have had them that one. You know, in Georgia, uh, they asked for making food extra crispy. <laughs> so whether that's wow. bacon or chicken, whatever it is, uh, extra crispy. So in Mexico, love that. I gotta tell you guys, when I went to not to interrupt, but when I went to Georgia, I think it was two weekends ago. At this point, we went to like northern Georgia to stay in a cabin. I have never seen such like just redneck bill <laughs> USA. Like I went tubing, and like it was literally straight out of a cartoon movie where you had people with their like lawn chairs set up in the middle of the river with like their shirts off, mullets. Like everyone had mullets. <laughs> 30, 30, 30 packs. Dude, things that you see in movies that you think are not actually real. It, it was insane, actually. I've never seen anything like it. That's funny. I'm in Kentucky, so yeah. Kentucky's awesome. Uh, Corey and I actually went to school. You name it, too. Thanks for joining in. We went to Indiana University, so spent plenty of time driving through Kentucky. Awesome state. Unfortunately, your basketball team has had our number for way too long, but Hopefully that will change one of these decades. Well, we got them back in 2011. We did. I'll actually be in Kentucky this weekend. Really? Yeah, I'm going to Bowling Green, Kentucky this weekend because I'm going to Nashville with Danny and her sister lives in Bowling Green. And wow. that's like, I guess, like an hour from Nashville. Yeah, and so you know who went to Bowling Green? One of your biggest fans' dads, John Greenberg, who's big on Dim Sum Dan. His dad played <laughs> – at Bowling Green. Really? Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. She's got like a big house. I don't know about a big house, but she's got horses and like a barn and like, you know, all set up in wow. Green, Kentucky. So there'll be some more fried food out there for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
all I ever eat these days. I forgot to I had my first po' boy this weekend. Oh, man. Yeah, I love po' boy. Dan, yeah. you can go stop and see our uh, viewer here. Go grab a bite. You name it. <laughs> yeah. You name it, literally. And it, 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 it. It. Uh, yeah, the po' boy, it was uh, barbecue shrimp. Yeah, it was all right. It was a lot. You had a po' boy back in the New Orleans trip we were on. Yeah, oh, is. we got our guy here, guys. He's back from food poisoning, folks. Talk about a guy that's all in. He comes on a food show and it hits him, literally. <laughs> and he is a as good as it gets in the Quiz King world. Sean Connell. You might have seen him climbing recently on a mountain or a rock climbing gym somewhere. And please stand by. He'll be with us shortly. Corey, is there any other food for thought you had? Yeah, there's two more states. Uh, New Mexico, their request is easy on the ice when it comes to food delivery. Easy on and the ice or the ice? Ice, ice. Like, so I guess uh, when they're getting iced coffee, I don't know what they're ordering you there. you just that separately or just have your own ice that you put in there? Like, what are what is that? I feel like that's got to be a – maybe New Mexico orders a lot of coffee. Let's um, ask uh, – we could ask Patrick. And the last one is South Carolina is extra white sauce. There you go, well, Dan. There you go. You, Danny, young man, and Comet. Is that her name, the cat? Comet? No, Kona. Kona. Yeah, yeah, you guys can get some white sauce tonight. Sounds good to me. There we go. Conj, what do we got rocking? Hello, everybody, and welcome to everyone's favorite <laughs> podcast game show. With Michael there it is. <laughs> I'm here surviving food poisoning and doing the best I can, but I'm happy to be here. Are you recovered, Conj? Not really. I'm taking antibiotics, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Wow. Well, Sean, hopefully you're back. It's good to have you back on air. We were worried about you there for a minute. Thank you. Indeed. I uh, do my best. Appreciate it. <laughs> He's back, folks. Uh, so uh, today we have six questions. The winner wins Mike Rowland's lunch if they manage to beat the quiz king, Mike Rowland. Uh, first up today, we have Corey Aronson. Corey Aronson, everybody. Yes. Uh, everyone happy to see him, of course, as always. So your topics to choose from today are first aid, religious foods, food poisoning, or the black market. Ooh, I think oh. lunch. Sorry about that. <laughs> Problems in the sound studio. Someone's going to get yelled at after this. <laughs> I'll go with uh, religious food. Religious, religious food. Re religious food. Corey is a well-known uh, religious fellow. Uh, I, I understand you studied in a semin seminary for years, correct? That's true. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so your question is, in Taoism, which food symbolizes wealth because its shape is similar to money-related instruments? The, the possible choices are dumplings, noodles, fish, and lychee. I guess I'll go with lychee. And mm. uh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I'm it triggered is... you there. The way he said lychee, it kind of sounded like he was leading you on there for the answer. Well, I, yeah, I feel like the last choice is never the answer. Sometimes I, I just, it is. I, I was thinking <laughs> of money instruments, and I don't know. I thought that I was thinking of round shapes like coins. So yeah. apparently dumplings kind of look like uh, the scales that they use to measure money in ancient China. Wow. Oh, okay. Money counting instruments, eh? Yeah, money counting instruments, I should say. That's correct. 
Uh, so we are down one question for Corey Aronson, our two-time champion, is in trouble already. That <laughs> <laughs> Florida Air. Yeah. So, oh God, lots of sound problems in the studio today. So, <laughs> next up from South Carolina, Daniel Roland. Oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Daniel Roland, everybody. Oh, sorry. The sound of the crowd's a little rambunctious today. I apologize. Um, so your remaining questions are first aid, food poisoning, and the black market. The black market. Of course, I make these questions especially for you because I know that you're going to choose them. <laughs> the black market. Which fruit does not have black seeds? Is it kiwis, dragon fruit, papaya, or blackberries? Blackberries. Blackberries. That is correct. Oh, that was an oh, easy one. I gave him a layup. And uh, he also, I don't know if you guys realize, but I tricked Conch because I said- With the last answer. Yeah, with the last answer. I knew he was going to make my answer the last answer after I said that. So I kind of gave him oh, a layup. Yeah, it worked. I knew. Wow. Dan's playing 5D chess here today, and it's working out for him. He's up for an early lead at uh, one nothing. Fantastic, folks. I'm glad to see him coming out of his losing streak. Ouch, Kanj taking jabs. Kanj always taking jabs. Next up, we have our quiz champion, Mike Rowland. Oh, Mike yeah. Rowland, everybody. That's right. Yeah, the crowd loves him. Uh, so, Mike, your first question. A trend among dog owners is to exclude this type of food from their pet's diet because it has been shown in studies to significantly increase longevity in dogs. What type of food is excluded? In their, are we talking about their actual that they normally have? Or is this something that... A food that is extremely common in a dog's diet that some owners are choosing to not have be part of their diet at all. Man, I'm gonna go with chicken. Chicken, can we can we elaborate on that at all? Elaborate on it. Uh, <laughs> I see I see what you're getting on, Kenj. I'm trying to dog chicken? Um, let me think about this. Protein? Judges? Protein. Judges? Protein. We're gonna give it to you on chicken. The answer is meat. Meat. Oh, okay. there vegetarian go. is a growing trend among pet owners. I, that's what I meant when I said chicken, because I have seen a lot of that whole trend going on, Kaj. Yeah, the, the judges are friendly today, fortunately you. for you. So Must be that food poisoning. It, it really is. I'm barely sitting up straight today. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we are at 1-1-0, one, one, and zero, our returning champion, in trouble early. Next up, for Corey, your remaining topics are first aid and food poisoning. I guess I'll go with food poisoning for you, Conch. Appreciate it. What is the food most likely to cause food poisoning? Undercooked chicken, raw sprouts, raw leafy greens, or sushi? Man, it's a tough one. They could all really affect your stomach. I'm gonna go raw leafy greens. Oh, raw, leaf yeah. raw leafy greens. Seems like the least. Seems like a buzzer here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you that you're not gonna be a returning champion next week. The right answer oh. is actually raw sprouts. Uh, raw sprouts. I was going to go with one of those too. I didn't know which you one. You had the right idea. 
Yeah. Sprouts have caused multi-state outbreaks every year since 2006 and could contain salmonella, listeria, and E. coli, which can't be washed away. Always cook your sprouts, folks, or you'll end up like me the last week. You heard it, you heard it from them. Indeed. I'm sorry, Corey. You are officially eliminated. Ah, Thanks for the opportunity, Conch. I do my best. Dan Roland, could we have a new champion today? Your subject is... First aid, are you ready? Yes, sir. First aid, in a pinch, this food can be applied to a wound to help stop bleeding, reduce pain, and reduce chance of infection. Your answers are crushed up apples, butter, raw beef, or honey. I'm gonna go with honey. And that is, yeah. that is correct. Dan, pitching a perfect game today. Looking good. Does Dan get a $25 food credit from Lodell.com? We will see. Lodell, where food meets Meat bellies. bellies. <laughs> I love it. Now, now, Mike, this is to defend your honor as the food champion. Say it. Poutine is a food originating from Canada made of French fries, cheese, and gravy in a bowl. What kind of cheese is most commonly used? I want to say cheddar cheese. It's like whiz, though. Like, it's almost like the stuff that you put on Philly cheesesteaks. So we're going to go with cheddar cheese as the answer. I got to go with cheddar cheese. And that is correct. Well okay. done. Without multiple choice. So naturally, I am the winner. Two, well, actually, we have a tiebreaker round for if there is a tie. Because we can't give you any breaks as the food champion, oh food boy. master. I forget what we call you. The fever setting in. I can barely see the screen. A prelude to Alex Bean coming on. Tiebreaker. Let's see it. Tiebreaker question for both Mike and Dan. Dan, you will be up first to answer this question. According to the CDC, how many Americans get food poisoning each year? It's multiple choice, right? Closest to the correct answer wins. Let's hear it, Dan. Um, I'm going to go with 300,000. 300,000, Mike. 81,000. 300,000 and 81,000. In America each year, food poison. The answer is actually 48 million. Dan is closest despite <laughs> being very know? far off. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, wow. That Dan, is ridiculous. Dan Rowland, congratulations. You are the new food champion. And uh, you will be getting a $25 gift credit. Thank you so much, everybody. Conch, thanks for joining us, man. That You killed it like always. Appreciate yeah. the time. That was awesome. And uh, hopefully you'll be recovered for our climb Friday. I hope so as well. I'm going to go lay down and put a cold compress on my face. Oh, right. yeah. Feel better, Conch. 10% will get food yeah. in one year. That makes sense. Have a good one show, guys. Conch, you're the man. Later, Take care. Guys, Conch crushed it. I'm wait. We're waiting here for Alex Bean to arrive. Mr. Um, Bean. Mr. Bean. Great movie, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, he should be joining us any second. I was on with his assistant earlier. It, that's when you know you've made it, when you have an assistant coordinating for you to get on a podcast. Yeah, it's always yeah. a good sign. When we have our own assistant, like, plugging us into people's podcasts, that's when Lodell is on the up and up and up. So... We're, uh, I, you know, maybe he's finishing up with a client here. Sean's been really on point with those game shows. That's fun. That's right. Yeah, I love it. 
Corey, any more food for thought you had, or was that it? That was it, just those 10 states. Well, I guess we could start with Alex when he comes on asking if he's ever seen Mr. Bean. If I had my last name was Bean, I would be all in on that. I got a story about Mr. Bean. My third in third grade, I had a there is this international student who came and, and moved to Manalp and, and he didn't know anyone. And the teacher for some reason like took me aside and, and asked me to I don't know, just help him out with things. So I, I ended up inviting him to my third grade birthday party. And uh oh, here we go. Nice. Alex Bean. Third grade birthday party. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> let's hear that. He was just going over a Mr. Bean story, Alex. You know, figuring <laughs> with your last name, we had to bring that movie up. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the end of the story is uh, this kid invite. he came to my third grade birthday party and he gave me a, a Mr. Bean as my present. And I'll just never forget that. And that was it. <laughs> so hey, there, is there. there we go. Yeah. Alex, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good. Doing well. For starters, have you seen Mr. Bean? So let me tell you my Mr. Bean story. Oh, can't wait. Uh, so obviously my dad is Mr. Bean, you know, now I'm Mr. Bean. Um, I actually lived in Canada for two years and they love Mr. Bean up there. So like every time you introduce yourself, it's like, Oh, like Mr. Bean. And then I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I guess it is like Mr. Bean. It's always like every time, like every day, like a thousand times a day. Uh, so have I seen it? Yes, I have seen it. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's like my favorite show, but you know, like, look, I'm a bean and we're going to own up to it. We'll go from there. Hell of a last <laughs> name, man. I love it. How's life treating you out in Nora, man? I, I love it. I mean, uh, so my favorite things to do are skiing, golf, and mountain biking. And you could not ask for a better place in the world to do all three all the time. Super convenient. I'm like, eight, I think I'm 17 minutes from my door to the lift of Sundance, like on the lift. I, you know, 13 minutes to world-class mountain biking and golf's everywhere. So it's great. Wow. That sounds like paradise. Dan, sounds like you found yourself a golf partner. I'm a big golf fan. Hey, question for you, Dan. Have you played uh, the game Banker in golf? I don't think so. If are we, so, I are might we live or can I tell a story real quick before we oh, go? Oh, yeah. We are live. If but you could go for it. No, no, no. no. This, <laughs> this story is not going live. Okay, I'll, that'll be an offline story. Yeah, it'll be offline. I'll, Dan, I'll have to tell you later, but the game banker, it, uh, it's pretty intense. It's, it'll make your blood flow a little bit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, tell us what's been going on throughout the pandemic, man. How has your life shifted with like work, play, just in general, the balancing act? Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I'm I mean, to help people understand what we've gone through at Disney is, uh, you know, COVID is like a well-designed nuclear bomb for our business. So there has been a lot of stress on the business. And what I mean by that is, look, when people stop traveling on airplanes for events, that immediately takes out like a portion of our revenue is just like gone. But more importantly is we're, we're like a small business customers or uh, our business is selling to small businesses. So we've got thousands of small businesses with lines of our credit out, right? So we're the ones extending the risk of, you know, 50,000, 100,000. So we've got upwards of $100 million out there of our own dollars for credit risk. And so when, you know, March, April, you know, before PPP, it was a big stress to figure out what's going to happen to our customers. Are they going to stay in business? Are they going to get through the COVID you know, pandemic? And uh, it has been a crazy six months. 
But uh, that has also like changed my personal habits because like in order to deal with the stress, I've spent more time. Like I played a lot of pickleball this summer, just getting up at six in the morning and playing pickleball or going mountain biking and just trying to get fresh air as you're trying to deal with all the stress that uh, quarantine and COVID deal or brings, then uh, that's what we did. See that Alex, that's a great point you bring up being able to instill personal great habits throughout such times of uncertainty, which maybe before the pandemic, you wouldn't have done as much. And, and then you come out of it like a million bucks. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say I feel like a million bucks every day. If you see the gray on my beard, it's it's definitely been increasing, uh, you know, over the last six months. But uh, one, my life likes the gray, so that's good. And two, you know, we're like, it's hard and you're learning. It's been, it's been fascinating. I told my wife this. I said, this whole COVID experience for me personally is something that br will bring wisdom down the road. Meaning when I'm 50 and I'm trying to explain to people what it was like in 2020, I will remember these six months very, very vividly. And in order to deal with all the stress, I'm like, okay, then yeah, I've got to instill some personal habits like alone time, like outside time. Uh, otherwise, you know, it'd be pretty hard to get through it all. Uh, absolutely. And what's it been like the working from home with your employees, the team, how has that worked with communication? And like, for example, have you had anybody back at the office in spurts or has everyone just been at arm's length? So, uh, full transparency, I'd say the whole time there's probably about three to five of us or five of us that were pretty consistently in the office just trying to deal with all the major stuff that was happening. But everyone else was 100% remote as, as a lot of America is or the world. And uh, it's been pretty amazing how the teams have come together and we've you know been able to, to operate off of Zoom. Now, we did just open up like this nice new building because we planned on that like a year and a half ago. Uh, so we have this like amazing new building and now we get... I'd say like 10% of our staff coming in and out uh, of the office, but still predominantly run virtually. And uh, it hasn't been perfect, but overall I've been pleasantly surprised at how well it's worked. And Alex, do you see uh, like you putting in place anything requiring people to come back to work at some point, or do you, are you going to keep it optional? So we, we, we call it flex work. I don't know if other people call it the same thing, but right now we give people 100% the option to choose if they want to be in the office every day, which some people are, and some people are 100% remote. Um, I think for now, we're not making any proclamations past January 1st. We're just saying for now, until we know more, this is where we stand. I, I would imagine in, in the future, we'll want people to come back more to some degree, but it, it probably won't be like it was before. I mean, I'd see a lot more flexibility in the future. Um, but we love, we miss seeing people, frankly, like we do miss the, the speed of innovation does happen faster in person. That is true. Uh, and there's more camaraderie and, and there's a lot more that, that happens, but we also see the benefit of, uh, letting people work remotely, especially with the dangers of COVID. So. Makes sense. Can you take us through the whole beginning stages of Divi? Like, was there a light bulb moment? How, how did everything come to fruition with that? Oh Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my my partner and I, uh, we both grew up in Seattle, so we've been friends for a long time. Uh, he moved down to Utah, uh, and then you know, ten years later, I moved down to Utah. He was running a pizza company, had about five locations, and he had this original uh, issue where he's like, okay, he had five managers across five locations, and he had this unique like he couldn't just give them an Amex because he he, he couldn't really trust them fully with like the the credit limit and the spending of that. So they'd use their personal card and they'd just swipe first. And then every 30 to 60 days, they'd hand him a receipt. And it was for, you know, how many thousands of dollars? 
And his problem was like, he was running a pretty thin margin business and restaurant space across multiple occasions. So when he closed October and he's like, okay, we're good, we're profitable. But then come November 15th and he gets a combined 25,000 in expenses. He's like, whoa, like I, what, what? And so he, he tried to solve it. He looked at like, you know, Expensify and, you know, other ways of Amex with controls, all this stuff. And it was like, that doesn't help him run this small restaurant smarter. So he's like, well, he came to me because I was building custom software and we basically, the light bulb was like, is there a way in which we can give everyone a physical card, but then divvy out my credit line? So like I could divvy credit with access points to the right people so they could swipe the card. And when they swipe it, like I know it, the spender knows it and the manager of that spender knows exactly what's going on. And that was like the original like idea. So it didn't exist. We went out and built it and we, we said, okay, we even mocked it all up. And we said, if our perfect world is, you know, we could run a small business with this stuff. And when we designed it, we're like, we think this is possible. Like we think we can do it. And once we realized we could do it, we're like, well, we have to. So quit, quit our jobs. And uh, he sold the restaurants and we went, we, we went, we went the whole distance. That's amazing. Yeah, awesome. you bring that up too. Cause we actually brainstormed a few years ago, getting into that niche we work with so many small uh, restaurant owners that are like non big chain restaurants. And we were seeing that type of issue arise and yep. our, our family actually toyed with that idea. So kudos to you, man. That's a phenomenal niche right there. Well, we love it. We, uh, it's actually been really fun in COVID cause it's kind of got us back to our roots of we're just about keeping small businesses in business and spending smarter and staying within budget. And so it's been fun as COVID has reminded us to say, this is what we believe in. This is what we do. And uh, been able to like stick to that message more so than ever in the last uh, four or five months. So have you felt like in some ways the pandemic has opened up the floodgates for you with potential customers? Um, I would. Okay. So I wouldn't use the word like, like it's just changed the floodgates. I would say like more and more every month we're, we're continuing to see this build of people that said, Oh, I didn't care about budgets, but now I care about budgets. So for example, I don't know if you know how much about what Divi does, but we can throw all the, the cards or a group of people like marketing or sales into this dynamic budget. And as they swipe, it notifies everyone what's going on. So they see if their budget was 30,000, they see it shrink together down to zero and then we prevent them from going over, right? Mm -hmm. So that message is resonating a lot more today than it was six months ago when everyone was feeling pretty good. Everyone was just kind of swiping cards and they're dealing with it later. And now people are saying, no, 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 I, I actually do need to you know, keep track of my 50 sales reps. I do need to make sure that even the CEO doesn't spend too much money because we care, right? We're trying to get through this thing. So uh, it has definitely helped for sure. And I, when I was looking up your company a bit, what I thought was really intriguing with the times we're in, the no receipts. When we look at this era with the QR codes, even in our world with virtual menus, have you seen that becoming more of a trend where people are like, oh, I don't want to be touching physical papers with expenses on them? Well, it, it, like if I'm a spender and I travel a lot, I, the concept of like taking a receipt and then like throwing it in my bag and then like collecting this bag of receipts to then dump that bag collectively onto my, you know, or either type it up or dump it to my accountant does seem like, too, it seems like, you know, 1999 uh, experience. And so we are getting a lot more people who said, yeah, how do we just automate it? How do we bring it all digital? And with Divi, we're saying, hey, if you know who's spending, 
why they're spending, where they're spending, how much they're spending, all that stuff makes it so we don't need a receipt. So let's, you know, we can get rid of the receipt unless, uh, the, unless they want it, which we allow them to take a picture, et cetera. But. And how, Alex, how did you come up with the name Divi? Yeah, I love the name. It's a great yeah. name. Yeah. Well, so in true partnership form, uh, Blake came up with the name Divi. I came up with Spend Smarter, which is our tagline. But Blake, uh, he, he, he actually just kind of said it. He's like, I just want – I have all the money, meaning it's my bank account, and I just want to like divvy out access. Divvy it up. Yeah, I want to divvy it out. So he yeah. said it, and he's like, "That's what that's what it is." And he knew that it was like, "Yep, this is, this is divvy," because that's that's the that's the product. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And are you Perfect. seeing like what's cool about your model? You don't physically need to be anywhere, right? You're able to scale this digitally. Like you don't actually have to show up at a location to get a client. Yeah. Not only can we scale it digitally, but then our product for our customers, right? Like some people will say, well, hey, it's hard for me to, uh, to do it right now because we're not in the office and we, and we can't all like train together. And, and our point is, look, 80 percent of our business is virtual cards. Everything's digital. Just give people access to the platform and they can start spending from their homes and from wherever they're at. We don't need to do in-person trainings. We don't need need to do everything in one single spot. So it's good for Divi's growth because, yeah, we're not going door to door and selling. We're just doing kind of an online and uh, people can go to our website and sign up and, and not have to talk to a sales rep if they don't have, if they don't want to. And then our product also can be used entirely virtually. So it's, uh, it's beneficial on both sides. How many, how many sales reps do you have? I'm going to get the number wrong, but call it 30. Wow. I mean, we have we have a good sales team, but it, you know, it's it's not you know hundreds. Right now, it's a definitely solid thirty. So, are you do you have clients now, pretty much in all fifty states? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing, Alex. Congratulations. Thanks. And man, question: This is a bit off topic, but I was doing some homework on you. Did you play on the BYU football team? What was the deal with that? I'm going to get made fun of when this comes up internally. So maybe I won't promote this this, this podcast. Um, yeah. So my thing is I played I played in high school, got recruited. I uh, went and played at BYU for uh, a year before I went on my LDS church mission, which I served in Canada, came back, uh, and I, I played for another six months, but that was it. So, yes, I was like briefly on the BYU football team. Yes, but I was uh, that was really it. it was very That's awesome. What was your, What position? I played quarterback uh, the year that I was there. Oh man, that's you cool. play you play quarterback in high school. I'm assuming. Yeah, and, and by the way, let me let me just give you a sense of how good I was at college. Uh, when we played Air Force, which is the week that you know, you, you, like you have to have a scout team that prepares BYU for Air Force. And if you know the offense, they run the uh, the option, so it's a yeah. lot of running. And I was the worst quarterback. Where they're like, "Hey, we're gonna put a red jersey on you, and you're gonna get the crap kicked out of you for a week." And like the defense is, they know exactly what I'm going to do, and they would just light me up every single play. And I was the one they didn't care about, so I just got you know hammered by those guys. So yes, yeah. that, that's how great I was. That's just I mean, hey man, the scout team's important for preparation. It is important, but uh, it's not glamorous. So there you go. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, question, Alex: With anyone in the mentality, like you had the conviction to start a business. When someone is in that mentality, they're hesitant. They want to start something first time entrepreneur, what's the best piece of advice you would give somebody in that boat? So I would tell them, go sell it to people that are not your friends and family. For example, anytime you have an idea, the first people you're going to tell is like your roommates, 
or your family. And guess what they're going to say? They love it. Yeah. You're the best. Go, sweetie. You're the best. You can do it. Right? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's nice, and you need that at the beginning, but that's also garbage because, like, your mom's not going to tell you your idea sucks, and your friends are going to say, oh, cool. But, like, having someone just say, oh, cool, is not a business, right? So what I would then do is I'd figure out any way possible – and I'll tell you what I did. I, I went on like LinkedIn and we basically, I looked up like controllers and CFOs, friends of friends, uh, friends of friends of friends. And I just said, look, I'm going to pitch you this and I'm going to tell you a price and I'm going to sell it to you. And I want you to tell me your, your real opinion on like this product I'm going to sell you. So I would then go through, we can do it this way. And I'd show them designs. We're going to do this thing. And for me, Blake and I knew we had something like we felt it. But when we heard in those demos, people like stop me and they say like, wait, what? Hold on. Would you just say, can you do that thing? You're, you're really going to be able to do that? Like that doesn't happen right now. Or wait, wow, that's incredible. You guys can achieve that. They were like proactively giving me signals that I wasn't asking for. It wasn't like, do you like it? Oh, yeah, it's cool. They were telling me stuff by the way they were responding when we showed them the product that I knew we had something. And these are people that didn't know me. They didn't care about me. They didn't have any social reason to say that they liked it. And when that started to happen and I just kept testing that theory, we were like, okay, there's clearly something here. We knew what they were responding to, which is the same two or three things. And we just said, okay, that's what we're really going to go build. Um, that would be my advice, which is go get the buying signal. Go get your buyers to say that this is a really cool idea and that they'd buy it. Uh, don't listen to anyone else. Make sure it's a stranger. I like that a lot. Yeah. And Alex, when it comes to food, what's been going on through this pandemic? Are you do you cook a lot? Have you been ordering in, grabbing food on the go? What's your jam? Uh, yeah. Uh, my wife's an amazing cook, so she she has she does cook a lot. We typically like she makes dinner like Sunday through Thursday, and I I do the Sunday meal with her. But she'll make dinner, and then Friday Saturdays are like go out day, and I mean, restaurants are open for us now in Utah. So now we went to sushi on Saturday. That was fun. It like feels very good to get back out and like go have food uh, at oh, a restaurant yeah. for the record. Um, but we've gotten a lot of, uh, there's a really good Indian restaurant here. Um, a really good sushi restaurant that we get. Yeah, just we, we'll order in on weekends, but make food together at home on, during the week. Nice, man. We're actually expanding our delivery business to your neck of the woods here in the fall. So hopefully- oh, cool. We'll be able to cross paths soon. Corey, Dan, and I would love to meet you. So did I did I tell you what Divi did at the beginning of the pandemic with food? No. So we give every one of our employees $150, uh, which I believe, you know, ended up costing us like 25000 bucks, something like that, maybe 30. Um, and we just said, go spend this on small business restaurants. Like these are the guys, you know, we have a ton of restaurants that we, that we work with and, and we love. And we're like, go spend it at local restaurants. Go, you know, go buy takeout. And uh, it was a really fun for us to to, to spend on our local businesses. Um, but then also those are some of our best customers. So obviously it was selfish. We wanted them to stay in business. But um, yeah, that was something we did at the beginning. That's a, that. that's a great initiative. I mean, it's people helping people, the community. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not sustainable. We're not the government. We can't just print money for forever. But <laughs> yes, it was uh, it was our effort. Wow. That's cool, man. Pumped to check out Orem. Hopefully we'll, as soon as the dust settles on this, we'll be out there. Love it. And Alex, before we have you off here, what last meal on earth? Like what, what's the death row meal? 
I feel like I've been asked this question. I should have a quicker answer to this. Hey, it's a tough one. So, okay. So, okay. Let, let me walk you through the logic of like death row, right? If I'm about to die, if I'm yeah. going, it's usually like something I can't make at home, like sushi, right? Like Megan and I, my wife, we don't make sushi. So let's go get something we don't make. Okay. But on Sundays, like I usually make the pot roast, like mashed potatoes, pot roast and gravy. I think if I was going to die on death row, I'd want just comfort food. And that would be it. It would just be like a Sunday roast with mashed potatoes and gravy and like carrots and a salad on the side. And that would be it. That would be the way Anything to go. Anything to cure that sweet tooth? Are you a big dessert guy? Yeah. So um, my bringing my wife back into it, we're, we're dessert divorced, meaning like we don't we don't share. <laughs> we're very different. She wants chocolate. I want vanilla. Um, I like ice cream. She prefers like, you know, candy and uh, chocolate. But um, so there's a there's a restaurant called Taco Amigo in Orm, which if you come into town, I'll have to take you. Oh, and awesome. the food is like subpar. I'm not going to like say the food's amazing, but they have fresh shakes, strawberry and peaches that are all grown in Utah. And they have like, it's a shake with real strawberries in it. It's unbelievable. So I've been hitting that thing up like twice a week. It got pretty bad for a while. I had to slow down, but wow, uh, that would be my dessert. Dan's a big shake guy. So Dan, we're going to have to put that on the radar when we get out there. It's pretty yeah. solid. Well, it has, to be, it has to be in season though, so we got to time it right. Right now, it's peach season, so they're they're doing peach shakes. Oh, I love I love the uh, terminology dessert divorced. That's great. Yeah, that's amazing. We just all. realized we're not compatible. It's not. It's like you know, I, we can't buy the same thing. We just want the yeah. exact opposite. So yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> and Alex, appreciate the time, man. Before we have you off, what's the best place for people to find Divi for anybody that's looking to hire you guys? Yeah, I'd go to getdivvy.com. That's our website. Uh, there, obviously, you can collect info, but you can also just sign up. And again, our product's free for anyone that's curious. Like, we don't charge you any money. So, our goal is to help you spend smarter, be a better business, stay in business. Um, it's entirely free. We make money like Amex does. So, uh, go check us out, getdivvy.com. You heard it from the co founder himself, Alex Bean. Alex, thanks again, man. And hopefully, we'll be meeting you soon out in Orem, Utah. Love it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Take it. Take care. Nice to meet you, Alex. Bye. He was the man. I like that. Yeah, awesome guy. Cool dude. Great. Yeah. I, I just it's cool, like just having these people on that we haven't met yet, but now we have. You know, we've talked about this. We've got a cool slew of guests in these different markets. Where I, I'm actually excited to meet all these guys. Yeah, I like these places. Awesome. It just feels awesome. like we we know them already. You know. Well, and that's also America when you think about it, guys. This is what separates our country from the rest of the world. The the cooperation and camaraderie that you can just get from like networking like that, where it's like, oh, Jersey, New York, Orem, Utah. It's like people helping people. I loved what he did there with the obviously it was helpful to his business, but also to the small businesses, giving food a lot kind of like a per diem out to all of his employees like that to give back to his own clients. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. And hopefully the next time he does that, he does it with low doubt. <laughs> and it, the only divorce you want in life is a dessert divorce. I, I think those yeah. are, that's an awesome terminology. If I'm ever married, that would be a, a definite thing. I know our mother and our father can attest to this, Dan. My mom is the worst at this. She'll not want dessert or anything and then just pick at someone else's meal. It's like, hey, dessert divorce. I like that a lot. 
No, I like it too. I gotta say, everyone we've met from Utah, not only are they like extremely nice, but they have a certain level of energy about them where it's just very It's the sun, Dan. I'm telling you. It is that sun. You guys, it there's something about Utah with how bright it is out there. It it makes Colorado look dark. Every time I'm out there, I feel that way. Where it's yeah. like it's I also, Yeah, I also think it's like more like the pure lifestyle there. The la- uh, you know, they don't drink alcohol, they don't do any drugs, they don't no stimulants, yeah, no coffee, no they anything. Even, they don't even drink soda, really. I mean, depending on how strict they are, it depends, you know. Yeah. But Anthony it, Wyatt would not be too pleased being in those neck of the woods. Yeah, I'm pretty B- BYU just opened last couple months ago their first Starbucks. I wonder what that's like for someone like having a coffee for the first time in their like mid twenties, where it's just like I'm going off the deep end today. Yeah, like if I'm in my mid twenties, my first coffee, I just wouldn't do it. Because I mean, I, if you, you're talking to a guy that had his first coffee in his mid to late twenties. Now I love coffee. I have cut back a ton yeah. though because I'm naturally nuts, as you guys know. I don't need caffeine. But there was when I dated uh, this Persian Jewish girl a few years ago. We bonded over coffee. I never even had coffee before then, and. Then I reached a point, I know when we all went to Belize, that's a kind of life of its own. But lately I've cut back. I'm, I'm drinking between one and two cups a day now, which for me, I'll have one in the morning. And then once in a while, I'll have one around like 12 or one, a smaller cup. There reached a point in Denver, my building had those machines, like the real one. I was just going down there out of habit, like it was water. Yeah. And I mean, I love it. Oh, it keeps me going. Yeah, the best part of my day is like that morning. Sip that first cup is yeah, like I'm sitting on the balcony having a cup of coffee to get the day started. There's nothing better. Where's okay. young man, Dan? In the bird. Before trip. we get off. Yeah. All right, hold on. Yeah, we got to see the man, Corey. Wow. Mr. Scissors, also known as Mr. Miyagi. If you guys, any for our viewers who haven't seen, Netflix has a a cool show now on the whole Mr. Miyagi's sequel. There he is, Miles. What's up, bud? You would, think young, you would think young man was raised in Utah with how energetic he is. Seriously. Miles, what's been going on, buddy? <laughs> Everything good? You doing well in South Carolina, young man, Mr. Carlson? <laughs> the tilt of the head. <laughs> yeah. Are we bringing the man out to Colorado? Um, Possibly. Nice. I got to see that. I mean, I'll be seeing him when I come to Charleston soon anyway, but you know. Mm. Damn, we got a trip on the books, by the way. I know. The man's looking good, though. He yeah. looks great. He doesn't age. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, Corey, are you eating? So what do you do pre-flight when it comes to food, Corey? No, I don't eat. You don't eat at all. You wait till you do the whole Dan pizza delivery thing on the way home from the airport. Yeah, 100%. That, that is my move. Anytime I have a long day, I'm always a pizza delivery guy. So you yeah. and Sarah, you you get in late tonight. Are you going to just on your way home be like, oh, we're ordering like a, a pizza? Yeah, probably. What is it about like that trigger of just leaving an airport? Is it that stress relief of making it where it's like, oh, we're we're here? Well, I, I mean, mean hungry. Yeah, yeah. Makes you hungry? Is it the no, flying just, itself? I don't like to eat before I fly because I don't want to have any bathroom issues in the airplane. Greg. And, yeah. Did you and go then, over uh, Greg's tactic, Corey, your older brother, what he does when he gets uh, it's genius. Yeah. He gets on uh he gets on first and just takes a shit while everyone's uh boarding. <laughs> genius. Is, like when you really work. think that through, I've never even thought about doing that, but it's <laughs> I'm the guy that wants to get on a flight last 
But yeah. the notion of like getting that out of the way early, it's like, oh, you know, do you mind if I just jump on? I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, this way, you know, you don't have to come out of the bathroom while everyone's already seated. You don't have to pay for priority boarding either. either, even though I don't know why you would pay to get on a flight earlier. That's never made any sense to me. Yeah, I guess he has priority boarding, but he said when he didn't, he would just go up to them and say, hey, listen, I really have to use the bathroom. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. Can I just get on first? And they would just let him on. That's really, uh, Greg, he is a man of many great ideas. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Good stuff, guys. It was a fun one. I think we've got... Uh, Jeff Whitlock got coming on next week and in two weeks. Are we good with Jamie, Corey? Yeah, it should be good. Yeah, he confirmed. I mean, we'll, I'll keep on him, but uh, Jamie, how about the situation? Giovinazzo. Um, they said they offered us, they wanted us to pay for it. I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, we're not doing that, but we'd love to have him on for free. He can um, pay us. How about that? Yeah, it was like we're just trying to interview him for like 10 minutes. Uh, that guy will be lucky in a few months if we're even available to come on his podcast. So I, yeah. I don't know. I was hoping to give him a little more shelf life of fame that no longer is in view. But hey. Yeah, but uh, they, they did say they'll get back to us on that. So we'll see. Hey, we won't lose sleep over that one. No. <laughs> I, I would just, I thought that would be extremely entertaining to just see how, like, what he has to talk about, like, on his own. I mean, he, I'm he's, sure actually, he's more popular than ever because he's been talking about how his whole jail experience and now he's out of it and he's now, he hasn't done drugs in years. He's uh, completely sober. Wow. And now he's, uh, obviously, Jersey Shore was on again last year and now he's got his own YouTube channel that's really taking off. It's called Eating yeah. My Best Life. So maybe the whole hotel team just has to go to jail for a few nights and then we could just have a new chapter from something. I mean, if we brought that guy on, it would be the most entertaining thing ever. He's like such an entertaining guy. He would, he would talk about all kinds of random stuff. Yeah, I feel like it would be, it would be, it, it would be hilarious. He'd be going off about all kinds of things. Yeah, <laughs> hey, oh, we could, we could just get Frankie time back on too. But yeah, that would, that would also be a, a good person, right? Okay. Honestly, I'm, a, I'm addicted to Frankie Time's stories. They, oh, everything he yeah. does, you gotta monetize this, Frankie. Keep circling. It's like, come on. Friend. Every time I see him, I'm like, this kid needs to be famous. Like he is so. I've told so him that funny. for years. I've tried, I've even offered to be his agent. You know, it's Frank K. He really does need to like get to that next level of being famous. But I, yeah. think too, I think he's too content with his life. Frankie's very happy. I love how he's just like the king of Red Bank. Eats at the oh, same yeah. restaurant he, every day. I, I gotta go down there. I gotta go down there. I've been to Red Bank a million times. I mean, it's beautiful down there. Well, but like, just say, where's Frank next time you go down there? Seriously. He literally knows everyone. I think Frank is the king of Red Bank, though. Like, no he joke. Really is. There, and you said, where's Frankie time? Oh, Mr. Frankie time. I Mr. guarantee Frankie. you. Frankie. I, I, you see, it's, I love I love the dinners in the streets. He's just singing and dancing, yeah. always ri ripping right. shots. Yeah. Frank is in Florida too, when he's down in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. He's just like running in fountains, like after I'm dinner. Just say, when like, yeah, when there's a bad storm and he's like running through the storm. Yeah. That was yeah. really funny. Going nuts. It's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, guys, one of your stuff is rumbling. Yeah, I think it's your, I think it's yours, Mike. This time. Is it mine? It might be. I've intermittent. <laughs> I haven't eaten in like twenty-two hours, so definitely yours. I don't know what's on store for dinner tonight. I'm, I'm kind of dumpling down, Corey. I think I've eaten like two thousand dumplings since the pandemic <laughs> started. I've had uh, nothing but seafood for the last uh, four days. Oh, it looks great. Oh, oh, that's so all good, I have now. Seafood, seafood, and Italian. 
you kind of over the shrimp part of it. But yeah, it is like, time for some shrimp and grits, according to Dave. What hole are you on, Becker? I eat <laughs> but I will say it's oyster season again every yes. month. Yeah, from September to April. I love oysters. I love really oysters too, but I've gotten food poisoning twice from them. And I'm just like, I love them if they're great. But it's just the fact that I've had two bad experiences with them now. Yeah, that's probably uh, too many. I'm over regular oysters right now, but grilled oysters or grilled oh, oysters. Angelo, oh, I have to say, those are the best grilled oysters I've ever had in my life. I've actually never had grilled oysters. I said, Dude, damn, what if you go to Angelo? are life-changing. Really? Life-changing. I feel like a hot oyster. Would it's work. it's not though. No, it, it's, not. It's, it's like the best thing. I don't know. I thought that too. I was like, hot oyster sounds weird. It's unreal. Yeah. All right, I'll have to try it then. I mean, well, yeah. on that note, I guess someone's having oysters tonight. Might be young man. <laughs> all right, all right. Until tomorrow. Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves, going all out every day. Handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get low down, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.